This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, December 13th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, buprenorphine versus methadone for opioid use disorder in pregnancy, is in the New England Journal of Medicine. This cohort study found that buprenorphine treatment for opioid use disorder during pregnancy was associated with more favorable neonatal outcomes when compared to methadone treatment. Neonatal abstinence syndrome occurred in 69% of the infants exposed to methadone as compared with 52% of those exposed to buprenorphine in the 30 days before delivery. Next is an article in JAMA Network Open titled, Placebo Response and Media Attention in Randomized Clinical Trials Assessing Cannabis-Based Therapies for Pain. This meta-analysis found that both placebo and active cannabinoids had a substantial effect on the treatment of pain. However, the difference between the groups was not statistically significant. The authors also found that media attention to these studies reflected a positive bias that was not always associated with clinical outcome. The authors suggest that positive media attention may create an expectation of cannabis pain relief that results in an increased placebo response. A new article in JAMA Network Open is titled Geographic Accessibility of Retail Cannabis in Northern California and Prenatal Cannabis Use During the COVID-19 Pandemic. This cross-sectional study investigated use of prenatal cannabis via urine toxicology before and during the COVID-19 pandemic in a population of Northern California patients. The study found that residing near a cannabis retailer may increase the risk for increased prenatal cannabis use during periods of heightened distress such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Next, we have an article in the Journal of Substance Abuse Treatment titled Association of Polysubstance Use Disorder with Treatment Quality Among Medicaid Beneficiaries with Opioid Use Disorder. The authors examined medication for opioid use disorder initiation and retention in treatment among persons with opioid use disorder and co-occurring substance use disorders using Medicaid data across four states. The authors found that 52.7% of persons with opioid use disorder had co-occurring substance use disorder. When compared to persons with opioid use disorder alone, persons with co-occurring alcohol and cannabis use disorders were less likely to receive medications with opioid use disorder. The authors note that efforts to increase access to and retention of medications for opioid use disorder should also focus on persons with co-occurring substance use disorder. A new article in Heart is titled Methamphetamine-Associated Heart Failure. This paper reviewed 21 studies between 1997 and 2020 concerning methamphetamine-associated heart failure. One study of ER patients found that 10% of those with methamphetamine use had an elevated BNP compared to 7% of the rest of the population. Another study found that methamphetamine use resulted in an increased risk of readmission for heart failure. Another found that methamphetamine cessation led to left ventricular remodeling and improved functional status. The next article, titled The Genetic Etiology of Cannabis Use, is in Translational Psychiatry. This review discusses the genetic literature of cannabis use, noting that twin studies have shown that cannabis use is moderately heritable. 
with higher heritability estimates for more severe phases of use. Dozens of genetic variants predictive of cannabis use have been identified. These variants are located in genes such as CADM2, FOXP2, and CHRNA2. Studies that apply multivariate methods indicate considerable genetic overlap between cannabis use and other traits, such as substance use disorders, as well as some evidence for causal relationships, most convincingly for schizophrenia. Our next study is in PLOS Global Public Health, titled Adverse Effects of Ayahuasca Results from the Global Ayahuasca Survey. In this study, the authors surveyed participants in the Global Ayahuasca Project about physical and mental health effects. The authors found that overall, 69% reported at least one adverse physical health effect and 55% reported at least one adverse mental health effect. Adverse effects generally lasted less than a week and were associated with increased lifetime use, comorbid physical health conditions, anxiety disorder, and greater age of initial use. Notably, the context in which ayahuasca was used was also associated with the level of adverse effect. Next is an article from the CDC titled Drug Overdose Deaths in Adults Aged 65 and Over, United States, 2000 to 2020. This report finds that age-adjusted rates of drug overdose deaths increased from 2.4 deaths per 100,000 people to 8.8 deaths per 100,000 people during the reporting period. Rates increased for men by 14% and more than doubled between 2014 and 2020. Likewise, rates doubled for women between 2000 and 2009. Deaths involving synthetic opioids other than methadone increased by 53% from 2019 to 2020. Our final article, titled Alcohol-Induced Deaths in Adults Age 65 and Over, United States 2019 to 2020, is from the CDC. This CDC report presents data on alcohol-induced deaths for adults aged 65 and over from 2019 and 2020. The report finds that rates were higher for men than women in 2020. Rates were highest for non-Hispanic American Indian or Alaska Natives, followed by Hispanic, non-Hispanic White, non-Hispanic Black, and non-Hispanic Asian adults. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.